Hey everybody, happy Wednesday and welcome back to the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here joined by Shane Hoffman. Shane, I know it's Wednesday. It should count as Tuesday. Look, Monday was a holiday, right? Like, I think everybody understands the plight which we faced. I still want to talk a little bit about this weekend of football. Like, it's I, I, I'm catching up a little bit. People saw you you covered my butt for week one this week. You went and saw the, the barn burner, 81-7. to Record-breaking. Record-breaking. It's so funny because I think they've broken that record a few times over the last few years that mm-hmm. it's like do you, let's let's start with this. Does it matter at all whatsoever to anyone that Oregon broke the Austin Stadium scoring record on Saturday against Portland State? I don't think it does because it's also it's not something especially against that Calvary opponent that was going to get them in the headlines. I mean this was Colorado's week and we'll get into it. I mean it's the Pac-12's week really. Um, but no, and everybody in the media was asking these players and asking Dan if they took pride in it, and uh, you know, you know what kind of answers you're gonna get. Well, I, I think I think they could take pride in it if it was against like an FBS opponent, but yeah. it's uh, they dog walked them like come on. <laughs> yeah, and I I I wrote this in my takeaways yesterday. It's like it's okay because Portland State got. Paid what six hundred fifty thousand for the game. So also, they 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 put in their backups before yeah. Oregon did. But but that just that just kind of all comes back to like these FCS games are jokes and like they're a necessary evil for kind of both programs because if for Oregon that's a home game where they're able to fill Austin Stadium and they're able to get some guys well, some ex- well, well fill some with an fill. asterisk. Um, but Portland, Bar, you know, Bruce Barnum will be the first one to tell you, like, they absolutely have to take basically two punches in the face before they start the year just so they can stay afloat. They don't have home games uh, in Portland. They're out in Hillsboro. It's a much smaller stadium that that program needs every dime they need. It just uh, it just hurts to earn that money sometimes. It certainly does. It was uh, shellacking. What did, what did you think when, because I, I was at a wedding this weekend, so I was keeping, I was keeping, t- it was, it was like the most like cliche type of like you're at a wedding and checking the sports scores on your phone type of, I mean, I might as well have been in like church. Well, it's funny. Cause I, you know, I, I, I got down to Eugene and the Colorado game had already started. And so I was like watching that score and then covering the Oregon game. And then basically right after I wrote my story, I dipped out to Crater Lake and didn't have service until midday monday so i missed a lot too so i can empathize with you there what point was i going to make there you uh <laughs> we're not as dialed in as you normally oh yeah there. yeah so but it, it's essentially i've been catching up the the last two days uh thank god for dvr still what what was is there anything that you can take away from that ducks game and also for, for portland state in that first quarter where it was what was it 14 7 at one point yeah well, seven seven. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was it was close. Like first first second was like, oh shit! Like yeah. Portland State's putting this thing together, and then yeah, it, it was weird because Oregon like they had some players miss the game. They like didn't start with certain players. It like Dorlis, I think, didn't play like the first few drives or first quarter. There's just a bunch of that, and I will be the first to say my strength is not sitting out there with binoculars, counting who's getting playing time, who's not, what the starting yeah. rotation looks like. It's just hard to know because, I mean, the defense, like, they looked good after that one drive. But, again, caliber of opponent, you don't really know who's out there. They're still probably trying to figure a lot of things out. I mean, I think you just got 
it was it was reinforcing to the notion that Oregon's offense is going to be really yeah. good. But, well, it, you know. Yeah, and, and, like, if you try to do, like, any takeaways, too, it's like, yeah, like, Bucky Irving rushed for 100 and whatever yards. Four carries. On, yeah. But, yeah, it was, and the average was, like, 28 yards per carry. But the dude had, like, four carries in the game. Like, we didn't really see. Right. I mean, they were really impressed. Like, the, the oh, breakaway runs he had were, dude, were he's, awesome. I, I sent out a, a tweet, like, right after, I think, like, the 50-yarder one, and it was just a link to my, my one prediction from <laughs> yeah. back in January of Bucky Irving in the 1,500-yard season. Um, no, it's tough. I mean, not in Texas Tech next week will be cool for them, but then after that's Hawaii, and it's, like, another game where... Well, you know, Hawaii can can be chippy. I mean, they, they hung with Stanford for a little bit the other night, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a frustrating time of year because you get so excited... And then, like, last year it was Georgia, and then it's like, goes from that to Eastern Washington, they won, like... What would, what would the ideal week one opponent be? Because I don't think you want Georgia, and I don't think a lot of people like Portland State. So what, what's a good... Would, like, I think maybe, like, a Nevada, or, like, a, like a, higher, a higher, like, Mountain West opponent, where it's still an FBS team, but, like, you're still gonna... If you're a good FBS... If you're a good Power 5 program like Oregon, like, you... You kind of want to have a scheduled in win there, but you want to have something that puts the people in the seats too. Yeah, but like the whole scheduled in win thing is going to become less important yeah. next year when it goes to twelve teams. Um, I don't know. Joel Klatt had this video a year or two ago where he broke down how he would do it, and it was based on standings the previous year in conference. So if Oregon finished third in the Pac-12, whatever the conference they would be slotted to play against that year, they play the third team and say the hmm. ACC. And it's not, you know, it wouldn't be perfect because you look at a team like TCU, uh, they don't look very good. They lost like eight draft picks, including a quarterback, all these guys, all these starters. So it's not perfect, um, apples to apples, but you get, you know, Oregon playing a team like, I don't know, North Carolina or something, right? So, yeah, I don't know if there's an ideal one, though, because there's so much competition out there. Um, once you get into the season, that you're right. Maybe the schedule wins. Not the worst thing, but boring. Did Did you see anything on Saturday that sways you, pro or against what your initial opinion of Oregon was going into the season? No. Yeah. They looked fast on defense. They looked really clean and crisp and fast on offense too. Um, like I kind of like that they didn't really take their foot off the gas until like after halftime when yeah. they already put fifty up. Um, I, I, Ty Thompson looked good. Yeah, no, and and that's what I wrote too. It's like again, we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks at times look good against bad, te- right? Low, low, low level opponents. Could definitely be this. Uh, we've seen Jeff, like Jeff Lockie, looked great um, against some FCS opponents back in 2014 and 15. But it's a lot better than him not looking. <laughs> like, right. like it's just he he did he did what he was supposed to do, and he looked like he looked like a guy who's been on the team for several years playing against a team that you need to beat up. Well, it, it's it's good, though, because in years past, like, there was this thing where he would come in, and it felt like the line started blocking worse, and the running backs, like, weren't finding holes all Everyone got tight. Yeah. yeah. And then he'd, he'd have, like, a his only pass maybe be a screenplay, and he'd somehow miss on that. It's like, geez, like, do they not trust this guy at all? But he had some, some frozen ropes out there. And, yeah, yeah, in terms of takeaways, that's about maybe it. And, and then on, on the flip side... Oregon State is a team that we expected to be good, but and there's not a whole lot that you can pull out of like there shouldn't be a whole lot of, out that you can pull out of a, a appearance against San Jose State, a team that's probably a bottom rung Mountain West team. However, with Oregon State, you just wanted to see 
what they looked like with DJU at quarterback. You wanted to see if this offense could be dynamic where it wasn't last year. And again, San Jose State is not a great opponent, but they looked freaking great. I mean, just, just from the standpoint of like, they discovered the forward pass. It was fun watching Oregon State's offense for a change. There's only one play you need to show people from that game, and it's the one where he takes a snap, and it's midfield-ish. Yeah, DJU takes a snap, rather. And he's standing back there, and he's standing back there, and he's standing back there, not moving. Like, he, he almost moves just because he's instinctively like, how do I have this much time? And then just rifles one of the back of the end zone open receiver, and it's like, this is why we wrote all those stories starting in week three last year about how Chance Nolan was not going to cut it in this new Pac-12 because of all these quarterbacks, why they need to get a quarterback. They were a quarterback away because they won in spite of a quarterback. And then you put a competent passer in there, and we can get to what else he did and what else we might expect him to do. But like that's the only play you need to see because now he's in a situation where he can just sit back there and be himself. And you saw Clemson. They didn't look great with them. It, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. You can almost make like the Bogonix cliches to do like, he's, yeah. he's having fun. <laughs> he's, he, um, but like legit, like Clemson looked like a mess last night. Yeah. Um, that's a program that is not in a good spot. And it's not like that started just this year. And so for DJ to come back and to have a good roster behind him, uh, I think one of the best coaches in the PAC 12, and Jonathan Smith, uh, and just like the, he he doesn't have to come out and throw for like four hundred yards a game, but like if he comes out and throws for two fifty, like he did this last week, and throw mixes He's in a few touchdowns, yeah. it's 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 going to be really potent for Oregon State. Like I it, yeah. I I know we were all kind of predicting probably around nine or ten wins again with them this year, but it was always kind of just like you you got to see it first. Well, they lost a lot. Like they. They lost, they lost, I, I, I call myself going in circles on it because they that defense was another reason they were so good last year in spite of the quarterback, and they lost a lot of guys. Yeah. But, like, they replaced the Coletto play with essentially DJU just being on the goal line. That's going to work all season long. Yeah. He's massive. It's, it's it's not bad when your quarterback is 6'5", 250. He's huge. Yeah. It like, doesn't matter if he gets hit late in the season because I think he'll just take him. He, he and it, I don't think he's actually going to flat-out run the ball as much as I thought he would, but he's going to be so effective on the goal line. They don't really even need that because they have Damian uh, Martinez yeah. and they have Fenwick still, and the line is so good. The receivers looked fast. The DBs, there's a few plays they were like a step or two slow, but in the right spot. Like I have faith in that team. There, he's not going to be out there sprinting around like Bo Nix is. No. But when you need situational football and you have an athlete of that caliber, like, yeah. I don't know if he's going to make people miss, but he doesn't need to. He can just lower go his shoulder them. and just yeah. yeah, just go go through them. Yeah, I was I I was extremely impressed by what I saw. I granted I didn't watch the whole game obviously, and they even got Charles in there, and Charles looked good. Um, a big thing I saw on Twitter after football Saturday, and it was after Texas Texas lost to Wyoming. Is oh my god, like Oregon's Oregon schedule just took a big hit. Their strength of the schedule. The Texas Tech was never going to put them over the edge. Hundred percent agree with you. Two, Wyoming's not a dog crap football no. program. Like you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to be like TCU this year and all of a sudden like end up in the national championship game. But it's week one; things happen. But if if you think that going back to the original point, like Texas Tech An was going to was, was going to be like the decider when you're going into this Pac-12 schedule, this Pac-12 schedule that we just saw go, go thirteen yeah. and zero over like the last two weeks. Like I I know it's a lot of fluff. 
uh, it felt like a lot of fluff going into this Pac-12 season, and it felt very simple of just being there's a lot of quarterbacks back. They were good last year, and we've all seen the Pac-12 screw this up before, but I, I legitimately think there's five or six really good teams in this conference. Um, I came away feeling, I know there was a lot of bad opponents being played. I actually came away feeling even better. I actually felt disappointed for the really for the first time that the Pac-12's done. This was the week where it hit, like, when I heard about it, I was like, eh. But now I'm like, here everyone talking about the Pac-12. I was like, well, it's not actually that anymore. I came away feeling better about the depth of the conference. Like, top to bottom, we'll, we'll talk about Colorado in a second. Even Stanford looked good. Cal put up 58. Wazoo put up 50. Arizona's defense looked good. What, what if you could put all these teams that are leaving together into, like, one entity? It's a, it's a like really exciting football. It's it's. I mean, they're all so close together yeah. here on the West all Coast. All these too. brands that have you, had their you, their limelight, and, and you could and you could package it with like some sort of uh, like what would be a West Coast, uh, uh, maybe like the Pacific. Mm. Um, Do something different with a TV rights deal, maybe like Apple TV. Yeah. <sighs> nah, that wouldn't sell. <laughs> Colorado, man, I stole the weekend. I. <laughs> it was so funny. I was I was going through and seeing like what I have written about Colorado in the run up and it's been more on the podcast and probably more on radio. I, I think last week I was on Justin Myers' show and was just like, This isn't gonna work to the extent that they think it's going to. Like I I think it's just tough to tr- switch eighty five players on a roster. We've just never seen and, it ever. There's yeah. no precedent. And 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 it was more that than it's like I don't care about Dion's personality. It's abrasive, but I like it. I I I honest to god rather cover that than Lanning's personality just oh, hell yeah. yeah um also like it's abrasive to an extent but he gets in the door with recruits and you watch these videos of him talking to his team and it's like it's like kind of motivating yeah it's like you, you know who this dude is um that being said i don't think tcu's great I think that might have been a tough game for them to plan for as well like who's got tape on any of these guys yeah. and that's not to say Colorado that's a good point I haven't heard anyone say that and and that's not to say Colorado is not a drastically better team than they were last year when they yeah. won one game Travis Hunter my god uh Shitter Sanders um yeah like they, they they absolutely have some dudes but I think there's going to be a big difference of just expect I mean I don't know I I just I can't wait till week four when it's yeah. when it's Ducks versus Colorado in yeah. Watson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Like, yeah, give me, you mentioned Travis Hunter. Like, have you thought of doing a podcast? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Mm. Um, Travis Hunter, like, if they stay above 500, he's gonna be Heisman finalist just because he, like, what he's doing is so optically good for the sport of college football right now because just hasn't been done in so long. Um, so that's hey, yeah, he looks fantastic. Um, I, I never thought the transition was going to be tough for Shador because, like, if you actually watch him, like, he looks like a legitimate quarterback, and he was recruited as one. He's a three- or four-star guy. Not a five-star, but right. he looked better than I thought. I mean, their offense look was so crisp, so quick. Uh, Hunter, that guy Horn they got, looked really good. Um, they had a running back that's a freshman and scored four times. Um I hope they've not positioned themselves for like a really big fall back to earth moment in these next few weeks. I think they could probably 
I don't want to say smoke Nebraska, but I think they'll have success against Nebraska. I, I just I have no faith that Nebraska is a competent football team, so I right. I think they should go go in there and win that game. But yeah. again, that that's that it's it's crazy how the goalposts have already changed from this team's going to be terrible to like oh yeah, Colorado's in a much better position than Nebraska. Yeah, I I don't like you know Dion's doing the whole thing of like kind of going at reporters who doubt him. It's like how like. I think I think that's a straw man argument. Like I don't think reporters are going at them. I think there's how how are we supposed to know what a team that recycled 80-90% of the roster is supposed to look like? Yeah, and and I'm sure there are people who have made more personal attacks yeah. or approaches, but I think the general consensus has just been like let's see it. And they have a hard schedule and, and they still it, do. Yeah. And TCU did not look good. Yeah. They like I want to see Colorado play a team that tackling looks better than USC in the Pac-12 championship last year against Utah. And that's what TCU looked like to did me. We, did we we didn't podcast last week, did we? Uh no. So we didn't we didn't talk about um how USC looks exactly like USC last year. Yeah. And all this talk about how oh, they should be a top 5 team, maybe they're like they're they're the front run like their defense still sucks. And that that's a that's a mass generalization after their. Week it's early. Zero they thing. had some starters miss games. Yeah, and I I don't even know if it's end all be all because Caleb Williams is like he looks even better oh, this yeah. year. I I a hundred percent agree yeah. agree with all that. But it's there there are certain programs that I think their uh, deficiencies get get papered over by the national media really quickly, especially when they have like an offense like. Right. And it's like remember how these dudes looked like at the end of last year playing Utah. Yeah. I mean, in, in th- again, the depth. Like, I don't think Colorado's going to be in that top group. I don't think many people do. But that middle group is still so strong. Like, I loved what I saw at Arizona. Cal putting up 58. Like, they're still doing the two quarterbacks thing, but both of the guys they played looked pretty good. They have a good... Did, did you catch any of the UCLA? Well, that's what I was going to say. UCLA needs to figure out... Who the quarterback's going to be? You know, I think it's abundantly apparent it should be Dante Moore. I was, I was about to say, I uh, I think it's pretty apparent to those who listen to the I five corridor and read. Um, I'm probably not going to be a candidate for offensive coordinator whenever it comes up the next time or two. However, Dante Moore looks really good. Like, yeah. I, I I can completely understand why Oregon wanted to get him last year. Well, yeah, and if you start him this season, at best you might be putting out. Um, the best quarterback on your team out there with the best chance to win. At worst, you're preparing a guy who is supposed to be the best guy coming forward. Not only, yeah, you're pre- you're prepping him for your first year in the Big Ten where your schedule is going to be infinitely hard. Well, actually, not actually, it might not be all that harder now I, that we think I was going to say, um, the middle and the bottom but, of the Big Ten sucks. But I, f- I feel like UCLA is kind of, at this point, it's like the also team of the four that are going to the, the Big Ten. And yeah. it's, hey, why don't you turn your kid into a star so you can be the ones that are right. debuting. Football-wise, yeah, the all-star correct. team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, athletically, they're still in a much better place than Washington. We don't we don't talk about the other sports. They don't. they don't matter. They're not putting money into my pocket. You should do a, a subscription model for the site where it's just for football season. Call it the football bundle. Dude, football I've, bundle. I've, actually, I've actually thought about that because like I, I wish you could do, like, charge, like, the $30 football season fast pass yeah. or something, and then... Although actually, that might just be stupid. It might be. Um, did you I, more did, than anything? I wish you could do a la carte. So like, if somebody uh, just wants to read one article, they could pay like two bucks and just have it charged to like their Apple Pay yeah. or something. So it's not it's a like big renting pain a movie or yeah. something. Yeah. See which ones really kind of 
all, all you very successful tech CEOs who are listening to this podcast, because frankly, we are a top 50 sports substack. Really? I think we're at number 49. There there's, we go. There's not a whole lot of them, but um, yeah, hook us up, you know, figure this out, make us number one. Okay. Anyways, back to it. Back. Uh, <laughs> did you, I have a overarching thought, but do you have any, did you like, was there anything else that caught your eye in the Pac-12 given that you were checking scores, watching highlights, DVR and things and not really in the moment, but like in the aftermath, anything that caught your eye? I watched the, I watched the first three quarters of Washington and Boise. And there were a few drives before Washington really got into it where one, it was like, man, Andy Avalos, maybe, maybe he's figured out something here with Boise. Mm -hmm. And then it was like two, ah, Washington's looking not great. And then Michael Penix just went nuts. I I love when a team can like put up 40 points in like two quarters dude it's 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 so fun to watch a team that can just like take a couple punches to the face and then just be like watch this yeah and this is going to be so stupid but Penix has such a like a watch this type of throw in motion too it's yeah. like a little like <laughs> it, is, it, it is it's a little chicken wingy right. but it's but then like his his the ball gets there it doesn't have like a great beautiful like arc no, like rainbow arc to it but his, his his accuracy is unbelievable he's just throwing like these back shoulder throws from like the other hash marks that are just like getting there on time when they need to be and he's got a lot of really good receivers to pull that down so it's i you you know how like you, you start watching something and like your your rider mind starts going and it's like oh i think i could make a take that I think maybe Washington is the team that doesn't stay in the top twenty-five for this mm. season, or Washington. And then it was like, eh, I've screwed myself this last year when I did the uh, Washington needs to start pulling its weight column, and then they smoked Oregon. So. Well, here's a positive take. I think Penix is the best pocket passer in the conference. Okay. Because who's the best out of pocket passer? Uh, Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you just pulled the in case of emergency, <laughs> in case of emergency, name the Heisman winner. <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you saw the plays he had against Nevada. Dude, yeah. What is that? Yeah, you can't even do that in Madden. He's he's pretty good. Um, and and Bonix, what makes him so good is is some of the stuff he can do out of the pocket. Um, who, who gets the most RPMs? <laughs> shit, maybe Jaden Delora. Yeah. Um, dude, it's just, it's stacked. Like Shador looks so good. Delora. Um, I don't know why all of a sudden I can't remember his name at Washington State. Bail me out here. Mm -mm. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Here's some uh, some keys for quick typing. It's just been one of those weeks. I feel like there's so much that uh, Cam Ward, Jesus, (laughs) as your type. I was trying to in my head. I was like Cam Akers, Cam Akers. See, that's a run. I'm glad we didn't stop the pod because most pods would have stopped there, or they wouldn't have forgotten in the first place. But um, okay, before we move on, so I was thinking about this. Last season, before um, USC kind of, before we saw what USC was last season, they get the new coach, they get new recruits, they get these big transfers, and it's like, well, they got a lot of talent out at the, on the outside of the skill positions, they got a good quarterback, but how can they possibly be a real contender with no you know, depth on the lines? Mm-hmm. And you can look at what happened in the Pac-12 championship game and be like validated in that take. Mm-hmm. But they got there. They were so good last year. And I'm wondering now, watching what Colorado did, where you could say what you want about Colorado, but you're like, they have some guys at the skill positions and they have a quarterback. 
and it's like the rest, and then they looked competent. It's like because we've never seen this much turnover this quickly with these teams, like, and the game is just not as traditional in a lot of sense as it used to be. Like, is the traditional thought that like trenches, trenches, trenches? Not that it doesn't matter, but like, is this a new mold where it's like if you get enough, if you I, get a quarterback in skill positions, you can compete everywhere. I, I I think I think it's the mold if you are if you've built yourself into a program that can get at least a baseline of those guys on the line though. Like they don't necessarily have to be like name like name right. brand guys or like the big like five stars here there. But like I think if you can like pull your weight in the transfer portal and in like Oregon's case, pull a guy like a Johnny Cornelius who's mm-hmm. starting at tackle for them and you know isn't. Um, isn't like a Travis Hunter per se out there, but is just like a really good dude on the line. Um, yeah, like I, I think I think that'll be the case for those types of programs where it's just like, hey, if, if you just have like your quarterback and there, and then you can kind of free agency your way to, right. to being maybe a, the rest is just easier to patch together. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a lot more of being able to like maintain the level instead of like kind of peaking and then rebuilding and right. peaking and rebuilding. Um, you make a good point. Like you have to have either a really great recruiting team or um, some way of bringing in transfers, which is essentially recruiting also. But also, like, the teams that we're going to be talking about this with, like, our teams that have these flamboyant personalities that had coach or these proven track records when it comes to, say, offensive play calling or something like that. And it's like, oh, you get the quarterback in, you get the skill guys. It's like NFL free agency. Who do I want to go block for, you know? Yeah. Like, shit, you know. Uh, some of these quarterbacks make me really look good as an offensive lineman, you know. Caleb Williams, wow, he makes me look good because he never gets sacked. Yeah. That's and really I think the... these teams have a baseline, like Colorado. They look competent. That's an interesting point. Uh, this is kind of off topic, but it relates to Caleb Williams. I was watching the uh, the Inter-Miami game uh, in L.A. this weekend to watch, like, Messi's Hollywood debut. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put out... Apple TV was really hammering, like, look at all the celebrities in attendance. As part of that, in the list of celebrities that they noted that were there was Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this is now multiple times where it's been it's been noted when he's at an event, where mm-hmm. it, whether it be the soccer game or he was at the Drake concert a couple weeks ago. Um, and one, it's just such a funny stark contrast to think of, like, him compared to, like, like what's Bo Nix? What are the big things Bo Nix is, is right? The is, rodeo. Yeah, um, but also too, it's just you can you can see that sort of those kind of gears working of like this is what can be your future if you come to USC, like you know for the next transfer quarterback or the next star. Like you know it's it's make these sexy positions even sexier at, at your place and then why they did the billboard they yeah so i mean like so that like that's what that's why i find like ty thompson to be so fascinating because as as you wrote he looked like he should this mm-hmm. week um but like let's let's say he's like a let's say he's a let's say next year he peaks as like a b plus quarterback but maybe they can get like an a minus on the transfer market you you go get the the a minus transfer I, I think so. I know what Dan Lanning's yeah. doing, at least. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think that's just gonna. I, I think it's gonna be such a more plug and play mentality going forward. So you can. I, I I'm still not convinced that it can work on a wholesale level like Colorado over the course of an entire season. But I think you can definitely keep your window open much longer than you could in the past. Yeah, I would totally agree. And and you're right about USC being able to sell that kind of vision or what Colorado can now sell. And that's why Oregon's putting these billboards up because it's like, oh, 
you like being on TV when you're at an event, try being on a billboard thousands of miles away in a huge metro city. Like that's pretty cool it, too. You can't get away from it. We I, I've seen the the Bonix ad on like two four seven. Um, hey, Oregon, we'll take your money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's but also some. It could be it could be the the bodacious presents the I five corridor for a week. <laughs> we, we can cut you a nice deal. Um, what a. Since you will be, I would imagine, tuned into football this weekend fully. Anything on the slate besides that? Um, not a whole lot of interest. I mean, other than Oregon State opening up the new Reeser. I yeah. mean, UC Davis, like, yeah. that, that should be what Oregon did to Portland State. Uh, Texas Tech, I, I think Oregon should win that game. I don't, again, I don't get where people are... Giving well, first off, the acting that Texas Tech would be a resume booster or killer, or even acting that Oregon should even struggle in this game. Like it's it's I don't even think it's close, dude. I'm I'm so happy that Oregon went it, that they had to change conferences. Yeah, I'm so happy they joined the Big Ten instead of the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve has like this like, come look at our thirty six hundred square foot house in the middle of nowhere because it's got two pools but it's all you know like it's just like this right yeah i mean i don't know I, I i don't see that game being it shouldn't be if oregon is as good as we think it should be something like 38 or like 41 to 17 yeah if, if it goes as planned I, I i will say i am looking forward to seeing tyler or uh, yeah tyler shuck play um, yeah i mean i heard his rpms are pretty crazy yeah um um, There's a few other good games in Pac-12 next week. Though, like Arizona, um, at Mississippi State, like that's a winnable game for Arizona, and that would be huge for that program. Dude, if, if 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 a mid-bottom level Pac-12 team can like go in and knock off SEC in week two, giddy up. UCLA's got San Diego State. That could be fun. That could be that. That will be fun to watch just because I think Oregon State's got San Diego State the next week. Yep. Um, uh, Wazoo, after going into um, going on the road to play Wisconsin, upsetting them last year, they're hosting number nineteen Wisconsin, and I think that's again a very winnable game for Washington State, especially out in Pullman. Like, yeah, when was the last time Wisconsin was even near? Dude, that that feels like such a perfect Palouse game, like Washington State and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not a flashy program; they probably respect the Palouse, but. They actually I, two two teams are going to play pretty similar. Might I be the think. two drunkest fan bases. Oh, that's a good take yeah. right there. Um, yeah. Well, another one too, like, and this one's on ESPN in da, da, Berkeley. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Auburn is going to Berkeley next week. Ooh, ooh. Seven thirty p.m. Pacific time. You know, I'm going to take Cal in that one. I know, like, I kind of do too. And then it just keeps going, like ASU. Has Oklahoma State, and that's in Tempe. ASU th- didn't look amazing, but I thought Rashada looked phenomenal. And I think them not looking as amazing the final score was more the reflection of that game having such a long delay and just probably, right. especially with the younger team, like a newer team, newer coach, not really knowing how to handle that maybe. So the, I just like up and down, like there's some good games. Utah's got Baylor, although Baylor I don't think is very good. And it's, Cam Rising's going to play this week. so It's just so damn encouraging that the Pac-12 didn't screw this up. I, it, like it's been one week. 
Like we're and everyone's like, here we go. But that's that's just what the Pac-12 does. Like every other year that there's been anticipation going into a year, it would seem like six of the teams would fall on their face and or keep stepping on the rake right. like the clown. Didn't happen this week. And we're one weekend. And it very well could happen this weekend, but it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. And so I, it's just I, it's even though that a lot of us on the West Coast media have made our share of like the the Pac-12 sucks jokes over the years. I think it's always kind of come from like a like kind of like when you make fun of your sibling, like it's, mm-hmm. it's from like a only I can make fun of them sort of thing. And so it's, yeah. it's it's nice to have like the discussion different just for a change, even though it's it's kind of like you're living your funeral quite before you're actually dead. As I'm saying, I want to take to the Pac-12. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like if we look at this, I'm this is the first time I really pulled this up, like. I want to take the Pac-12 teams if I was making legitimate picks. Like, this could be. Granted, it's a lot of the middle tier teams having. This chance, is all going to be clipped for our for yeah, our for uh, our bad takes podcast. Well, well, if we're going to do it, you know, let me just take it a step further. Like, if some of these teams were like, this could end up being like holistically like one of the best weekends for the Pac-12 in like years. Yeah. So we'll definitely be clipping that one later. So it like, just means Cal loses so it just like means seven it, to it, 40, yeah, it's, it's just a much higher bridge to fall off of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm oh, excited. Okay, last last thing I wanted to ask you, um, just because I just saw this on Twitter, the Rip City Remix, which is the Portland Trailblazers' new G League team, which will be playing actually just about a mile down from where we're recording this up here, in North Portland. They they did their schedule release today. Sorry, I was just waiting for the applause that I heard. <laughs> um, do do you care at all about having a local G League team? I, okay, I'll put it this way: if I just lived in Portland and liked sports as much as I do now, but none of the work I did was sports journalism, I wouldn't care at all. I didn't even know they released the schedule today. Yeah, um, I, I it's cool because like it's it's the type of it, it offers up potential stories that, like, I feel like would be good on the I-5 corridor, but I, like, don't see it impacting anything that much. What what I'm curious about, too, is, like, they're, they'd probably be competing with similar audiences or, or basically demographics as, like, Portland State's basketball teams and UP's basketball teams of, like, yeah don't want to pay to go see, an like, a full-on NBA Hyper-local. Game. Um so I, I this might be something for me to look and do for a story. It's just like I think Portland State has a freaking awesome basketball venue down on the park blocks. Like for for everything that I was, actually haven't been, dude. So. It's it's great. Like it's it's actually a really nice place to watch a basketball game. Like they they have like real nice concessions. It's a like cheap beer. Like it's actually a real pleasant place to watch. And I a love Child Center. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be curious, like like what do they think about? Like just having more competition around because yeah. it's like we're getting a little saturated here. Um, yeah. Well, the other thing too is like you said, you said yeah earlier. It's like the you watched the fucking the G League team on the Blazers like last year. <laughs> right. like, it's like that's that's where I was going. It's like it's not like the Blazers have or will be some like hot ticket where these people have to drive a drive very far. I mean, Portland's still pretty tight knit, or B pay more than like ten dollars a ticket to go to one yeah. of these games. It's like, why would I go to the G League that might be five minute closer drive and pay maybe five bucks and watch like 
Well, again, maybe not drastically different styles of basketball or right. levels of competition, but who knows? Yeah, it'll it'll just be interesting to see like how they market it. Like, do they go uh, again? We're up here in North North Portland. They're playing the season at University of Portland. Like, do they really try to go like this part of Portland community heavy and try to get like foot traffic in? Because like this, maybe I, I I love Nopo. I love St. John's up here, but it's a bit of a drive for most of the city to kind of get up. It's a here. Drive for me to come podcast. You know what? You're the one who said it sounds better when we do it in person. Yeah. Because you enough. like looking at me in the eyes when you're telling me that I'm wrong. Well, here's the the one the one <laughs> the one place I could see or could have seen the G League being successful here is because. As much as it's saturated in some ways, because there's no like NFL or MLB team here, like people love their hoops, especially in winter where there's not much else to do. Can you gamble on G League? Is G League on? Like, I'm sure. See if if I'm them, and I I have my qualms with everyone going all in on the gambling stuff, but if I'm them, I just go like I would have been like, we're the we're the no po gamblers or something like that, and just <laughs> <laughs> like FanDuel. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, but I just like if this was a better if this was like a a playoff hopeful Blazers team were expecting this season and then they had a young player that was like really exciting like Scoot but maybe not going to break the rotation and it's like you could go watch that dude up in, up close but there's there's not going to be any of that yeah kind of like when uh, CJ McCollum was younger I think he dabbled a little bit as like a two-way player did the Blazers not have a how, how does this work? They send you would beforehand. You would have the rights because there's it's still not right. one for one NBA G League, right? One to one rather. Um, so they you would send it to an, another team essentially. It's also amazed me how quickly I've gotten used to now it being called the G League when it it was the, the D League. It was the D League, right? And G- and now that sounds weird. It does now that you mentioned. Is that. it G League for Gatorade? Is that why they call it the G League? Is it um, branded? Why else would it be it G League? It is, because it used to be the developmental league, and now it's the G League. I, I hate when the brand thing be, like becomes homey. Yeah. Like, I was upset when they changed the name of Safeco Field to T-Mobile Park, because it was like, Safeco Field's the name of the... And it's like, it's an insurance company. There's some weird ones out there. Yeah. Like, there's... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm from Michigan. Um the Pistons. Well, you guys now. have like Pizza, 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 uh, Little Caesars. It's uh, literally <laughs> Little Caesars. Arena. It's literally Little Caesars. Arena. It's, okay, so this is. It, it needs to be a baseball, so it could be like Pizza, Pizza Park. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like sometimes they'll have they'll come up back from commercial break and it'll be like the Warriors were playing, and it'd be like you know, uh, welcome back to Oracle, and it just sounds like it could be a real thing. Yeah. And then it's like the Pelicans are playing. It's like we're back here at Smoothie King Arena yeah. for this pivotal Game Seven. It just doesn't quite have the same well, ring to it. Yeah, or or the worst is like when when the branding takes over the whole look of the park too. Going back to the Seattle, it's T-Mobile now sponsors that stadium, and like all the trim and lights are just pink for T-Mobile. And like, hey, I'm not anti-pink. Barbie was great, but don't mess with my ballpark. This has been the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, Shane Hoffman. Uh, actually, before we go, you get anything good this week? Dude, it's been like two weeks since we recorded, and I had some spots for you, and now I'm trying to rack my brain to remember. I did hit one spot for Burger Week. Um, point enough, it was called Bokeh Bowl. It's like a ramen poke place with like, when I had a good burger, and the food overall was very tasty. Um... Somewhere else I went, can't remember, but also just got back from camping, so yeah, nothing really too. What there, about you? There's a new spot that opened on Lombard here. Brewery with pizza. 
No, it's just <laughs> no, it's just a pizza place. It's called Lombardo's, and they do like Jer- Jersey style pizza. What is Jersey style pizza? I don't know. Okay, yeah, but that's what they say. Um, you had a pie a couple days ago. It was just a tomato pie where it's a very thin crust, cheese is on the bottom, and they just put some fresh marinara on top of the cheese. Right. Was, a margarita pizza, you mean? No, mar- margarita that's, would be the other way around. It would be oh, the, that's the right. sauce on Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, come on. Come on. Just a tomato pie. It's, it's kind of... You ever go to like Taco Bell and you realize that all of their things are the exact same ingredients just in a different... Yep. T- yeah, it's kind of yep. that. Anyways, it was delicious. Uh, I will go back. And relatively affordable, too. It was like 21 bucks for a large, which is... These days. It, the, yeah, these days. Um, what are you writing this week? What am I writing this week? I'm going to do a mailbag, which, by the way, I sent out the mailbag questionnaire this morning and got like six questions in the first hour. So thank you, everybody. During the summer, those got a little bit. You sent it out yesterday morning, technically. You got to stop screwing up these dates with our podcasts and when it drops. Well, we have smart readers and listeners. They they know the world in which we're reporting this is different. They know there's no way that you're going to get it up. The same day you edit it, surely not, right? You could you could clip that to make a funny. Um, anyways, we'll we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>